Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What song always gets chickens dancing at a wedding? The Y, Hen C.A. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of, uh, you know, a, a clown. Why can't you give me the respect that I'm entitled to? I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart bone exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. So I'm paging Dr. Steve. Dr. Steve. No. 
From the world-famous Cardiff Electric Network Studios, it's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner, gives me street cred. The weird alternative medicine assholes. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. This is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you've got a question you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHEAD. Visit us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or at DRScottWM. Visit our website at DrSteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take anything you hear with a grain of salt and uh, don't act on anything you hear on the show without talking over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, practical nurse, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian. Did I say respiratory therapist or whatever? Yeah, whatever. I don't think I did. I'm going to have to so. add that. I have to add that. Uh, respiratory. <laughs> this is very professional. <laughs> Therapist. All right. Okay, that's long overdue. Anyway, check out Dr. Scott's website. It's simplyherbals.net. Simplyherbals.net. And uh, don't forget to check out stuff.drsteve.com. That's S T U F F dot drsteve.com. Just go there. And uh, click through to Amazon. It helps us stay on the air. That really makes a huge difference. And uh, don't forget to check out Patreon.com. At the first of the month, you get the biggest bang for your buck. I hate using that phrase, but it's I don't know a better way to put it. Um, if you have um, a Patreon account, what happens is they bill you at the first of the month. So if you sign up on September 30th, and pay five bucks a month, they will now also bill you on October 1st. So the best time to do it is at the beginning of the month. So this is the time to do it. Check us out at patreon.com slash weirdmedicine. I've got some classic old shows that you cannot find anywhere else anymore. And I'm going to be putting some things up from clips from Sirius XM and some other crap like that on there that I have the rights to use. And then uh, we're going to be doing some live streaming when we get a, a few more uh, Patreon subscribers. And it's mostly Tacey and me. And uh, she likes to give me a hard time. And every third show is a drunk show because Tacey likes to start drinking. <laughs> we do three shows at once. And by the third one, she's pretty well uh, faced and uh, giving me a hard time. So it's fun. <laughs> and um, we're going to be wrapping up our video. I've got my green screen here that I've got to install. We've got our new uh, cameras and lights. And so it's going to be fun. So check us out. Patreon.com slash weird medicine. All right, Dr. Scott. So Jim and Sam, yeah. James and Samuel, as I like to refer to them, mm. um, have re-signed a contract for three years. Oh, wow. So I figure we'll stay around for another three years as well. Hopefully, if they hadn't re-signed, we probably would have resigned. But, you know, we'll always have the podcast to do. Because really, that's what brought me originally to the channel was helping them with crazy stunts and then uh, ultimately doing prostate exam on Pat Duffy. 
who, by the way, I'm going to give a huge shout out to. <laughs> he sent me something through Twitter, and I wanted to read this to you. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, I'll explain it. It says, good doctor. This is the, the great Pat Duffy. I just wanted to tell you, I just left the doctor after having some weird urinary issues. The doctor opted for a prostate exam and asked if I ever had one before. I awkwardly explained our lovely interaction and informed him that it was normal at that time. That was 2007. <laughs> My doc didn't finally find it nearly as amusing as I did, especially after informing him he could watch it on YouTube. <laughs> anyway, it turns out I have a normal prostate and blah, blah, blah. I thought you'd appreciate the update. Feel free to share with your listeners. Love you. Love the show. So, uh I, I've told this story before, but there are probably enough new listeners that don't know the history. So I had been the medical uh, advisor behind the scenes for the Opie and Anthony show for about a year and a half, maybe almost going on two years. And Opie had this idea where he said, listen, we've got these golden tickets for Saturday night. If you've got an idea for a show send me send us an email so i immediately emailed steve carlisi he was the executive producer of the show and sadly is no longer with us mm. but a very very nice guy and the cool thing about steve was if i emailed him he would email me right back i guess he sat in front of his computer and bing you know something would come up he'd always email me right back whereas if i emailed opie jim or anybody else on the show even e-rock at the time i you know i might hear back from them but steve i always heard back from mm. and uh i i just immediately sent him this idea i've got an idea of doing an uncensored version of the dina dell show we'll call it weird medicine and we'll i'll tell crazy medical stories which i've later realized HIPAA is a issue uh, but uh, but we'll answer questions from your legion of unhealthy fans. And he immediately sent back, I think it's a great idea. Uh, let's uh, let me take it to them. So there's a lot of stuff that went on in between there, including us have forging this relationship with Sherwin Sleeves, where he made this incredible, still the best theme song of any any Easily. show uh, that's ever been Easily. on the radio, in my opinion. I agree. And uh, and I can say that because I didn't have anything to do with it. It was 100% sure when Sleeves, he's a freaking geni genius. But anyway, uh, so P.A. John and I went up there, and on October 12th, which was a Friday, they used to be on five days a week, uh, I showed up with P.A. John in the studio, and we sat in the bleachers and just watched them do the show. And I thought they would let us come in because they'd already greenlit the show we were going to do 45 minutes i think was it no it was 90 minutes we were going to do 90 minutes of a three-hour block dang so uh well that was they wanted us to do three hours so I, I think i have that right so big kev did the first 90 minutes and then we did the second 90 minutes okay and um so uh, but getting to the Pat Duffy thing, and I'll, I'll can all the stuff about the first show. We uh, So we're just sitting there in the bleachers with a bunch of other people, because on Fridays you could go sit in the bleachers. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of a sudden, Opie goes, yep, and next up we're going to have Dr. Steve in the studio, and he's going to answer medical questions. And I'm like, what? what? No, I had no idea. <laughs> that was just, you know, took me completely by surprise. I thought we would get to go in, and I had sort of a promo prepared. Hey, we're going to do this show called Weird Medicine on Saturday night. Wow. 
And uh, so I, I looked at P.A. John because they didn't invite him in there. They knew me. They didn't know him. Okay. So they open the door, and I sit down, and there they are. I mean, these people were heroes of mine. Right on. And Opie at that time particularly was very intimidating, and Jim and Anthony were doing their thing, so uh, they didn't really... We didn't interact a whole lot, but they were like, hey, how's it going, that kind of stuff. And then the interview starts. And at some point, I'll either play it here or I'll put it over on Patreon. I believe I have this audio somewhere. Okay. And uh, we were just talking about uh, medicine, and Anthony asked me a question that I, I – or no, somebody called in and had a question where they were ejaculating when they moved their bowels. Okay. And they weren't really ejaculating. No. What was happening was semen or some sort of white milky fluid, which really probably wasn't even semen. It was prostatic fluid, mm-hmm. was uh, emanating from the end of this person's penis whenever they had a hard bowel movement. Mm-hmm. And Anthony raised his hand and said, you know, oh, Dr. Steve, can I answer this? I think it has something to do with this prostate. And we got talking about fluid dynamics and stuff. And then Opie said, oh, you know, you sound sort of like... Um, uh, who was it? Oh, shit. Who was the guy that know. played Batman in uh, uh, Adam West? Adam West. You sort of sound okay. like Adam West. <laughs> and I just thought for a second, I just went, Catwoman, like yep. that. And then I got a laugh. And it wasn't funny. that it, telling it, it's not funny. But at the moment, it was kind of funny because they weren't expecting it out of me. Yep. And uh, and then Jimmy did his whole uh, oh you would think that it was the the real person you know that that whole thing and uh, anyway so we got I got kind of comfortable and that was a mistake mm-hmm. because it, then the question comes and I, that I wasn't expecting they didn't tell me anything Opie just says are you one of those doctors that sticks your finger up people's asses and I'm like yeah I do it all the time yeah, sure <laughs> big mistake. <laughs> And they said, well, can you do one here? And I started hemming and hawing, and I'm like, oh, shit, I'm, I am, I, they're taking me down a rabbit hole. And I said, oh, no, I don't have a, a license in New York. I couldn't do a prostate exam up here. And they're like, oh, no, we're just, you know, it, we're just friends, just, you know, being silly. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. Well, I would need, I would need rubber gloves. And then there, they had a guy on the show named Than Bryan. And um, he was up, paired up with Than or with Sam Roberts at one point, and they had this show called Than and Sam. Hmm. And Than is standing behind me, and and just to my right, he clunk, he plops down a box of rubber gloves. Oh my god! And they're actual clinical rubber gloves, like you could actually. Get, I, I didn't have an excuse to say these aren't the right kind yeah, of gloves. These aren't exam gloves. These are, these and I said, yeah, okay, them. that's fine, but you can't just rough. You can't just do this dry. You got to have lube, and then dunk on the other side on my left. He plops down a thing of lube. Now you were set up, dude. I don't know if I was set up or if they were just were um, were just that uh, ready for anything up there. I don't know. I don't know the answer to this day. Uh, Someday I'll have to ask Than about that, and um, and. you know, Steve's no longer with us, and so and Opie and Anthony wouldn't remember because they, you know, they once they did a show, they just put it out of their heads. Right on. So, but anyway, I had no way to get out of it. Mm-hmm. So they said after the break, Doctor Steve's going to check Pat Duffy's prostate. Oh wow! Pat was their sort of stunt boy at the time. He was an intern. I believe he was an intern at the time, but he would do anything. Yeah. And so I just if, during the break. 
I, I sort of prepped him. And I went behind a couch because I was going to have him bend over a couch. And I just told Sam, who was an intern at the time, who was videotaping this, just please don't get my face. Yeah. I, my voice is fine. Just don't get my, va- my face. Because at this time, I was still just doing my regular job. Yes. And I wasn't 100% sure what was going to happen to me after being on the Opie and Anthony show. Turns out nobody cared. (laughs) But I didn't know that at the time. So I did this prostate exam, and Pat was great. You know, he made horrible noises, and his prostate was normal. And I did what I should do for a man his age, because he had no reason to get a, a... a prostate exam, but I did do a testicular exam on yeah. him, and it was normal. But because that, just to demonstrate, hey, this is what you really should be doing on a young man is okay. self-testicular exam. So I got something out of it, yeah. uh, some real information out of it. And then that became my bit. So then I went back the next time I had to do Roland Campos. And then the time after that, uh, I did Tippy Tom. And that was my idea because I figured if I did a prostate exam on Tippy Tom, the homeless guy, then I could say, listen, the bit's over. There's no way we can go beyond that. And that's actually what happened. But but anyway, um, so that, yeah, that was Pat Duffy. And I got a great picture of him afterward with us, you know, with our arms around each other. And I've got my finger sticking up in his face. And I'll post that somewhere. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's Pat. So Pat finally gets a real prostate exam and he tells the guy hey you can watch my first one on youtube oh my god that's funny yeah Yeah, that was crazy i i I will have to tell you that it kind of ruined the rest of my day because i went out of there thinking well the ama is going to come after me oh wow i'm i'm going to be in all this trouble with the american medical association you know what the ama can go kiss my left testicle at this point what are they you know they don't have any power And, uh, and we, could, we could claim at your age you have the board of medical examiners in New York. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really practicing medicine. I was make, doing a demonstration. So what'd you say? No, I'm I, said, sorry. <laughs> I said I said at your age we we could claim a little bit of early onset dementia too. Just yeah, if, there you if, go. If we, if we have to. Sure. Why not? <laughs> I'll yes. I'll cop to that. And what you know? It, you, well, I was you, so terrified though, you dude. You clearly said that it was not a medical exam. It was just a couple friends. You know. Well, yeah, Jim said that checking he, prostates. But that, yeah, it's just a couple of guys being couple, silly. A couple of guys being silly. I love <laughs> so it. Anyway, I love it. That's so cool. I, I'm going to find that stuff. What and year was that? That was uh, 2007. That was October 12, 2007, because our first show okay. was October 13th. Gotcha. That, on the Saturday Night Virus. Gotcha. And I, oh, that night. I've told you that story, right, mm-hmm. about when we we went to eat at Nobu, and I couldn't enjoy it because I was so nervous. <laughs> and I had 20 different topics in this folder we were going to talk about. And uh, we go up there, and there is fucking Anthony. Yep. Anthony Cumia. I was sitting in his chair. Okay. When I was doing because I was running the – I wasn't running the board. Danny Ross was doing that. Uh, but I was running the call screener software. And so they just showed me, here, two seconds, here's how you click, 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 click. Thank God I'm reasonably technically savvy yes. and that I have a degree in radio, yep. television, and motion pictures from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. So this, all of this wasn't that unfamiliar to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you learn pretty quickly too. Which well, is yeah, but you know they just kind of threw us in there. And it's like here you go. There you go, boys. But Anthony's like, no, we're going to watch the show. And I said, no, you can't. Yeah, 
you can't watch the show. You can't be sitting there while I'm doing this. And he said, no, 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 we're going to watch it. It'll be fine. And his girlfriend, Melinda, was she was very gleeful that I was nervous that Anthony was there. And But then once we got going, um, it was all... Uh, below the belt stuff that was easy for us to answer, but it was interesting for the for the people listening. The phone right. bank had twelve lines; they were all completely full. Wow! And they at one point said, "Listen, you guys got to stop doing topics and start taking more phone calls okay. because the the phone banks are just absolutely, you know, destroyed." Sure. So we did that, and we just started taking phone calls one after another after another, and that was actually double vasectomy. Todd's first. Uh, uh, um, appearance on the show wow. was he was a caller to the show. Oh wow! And I didn't recognize his voice. I knew him, but I yeah. didn't recognize his voice nor the question that he asked. So we just funny. kept barreling through, and uh, we had a guest, which was Eric Nagel, okay. aka E Rock, and we just bumped him. And so it, it kind of was funny because the the story that went around was Doctor Steve. Uh, had such a, a good show that his first episode, or you no, know, first show that he ever did, he bumped Iraq. <laughs> Poor Iraq. <laughs> oh man! So uh, I love it. Yeah, it was fun. And uh, Anthony came up to us afterward, and uh, this was when I <laughs> felt really good about it. He said that was the best first show that I've ever heard anybody ever do. That's pretty cool. And that m- made me feel really good. And I was on cloud nine. I walk out of the studio, and there is Melinda, Anthony's girlfriend, screaming at this friend of mine from from the from the chat room, mm-hmm. who had come up there. That apparently he and Anthony had a feud together, and I knew nothing about it. Oh, well, yeah. And you know, I invited him up there. Sure, you know, come up. Well, yeah, I guess he asked if he could come up. I said sure. And so he's sitting in the bleachers. When she figured out who he was at the end of the show, she's just screaming at him, you motherfucker, and oh, all this kind gosh. of stuff, and just with her finger in his face. And I'm going from cloud nine to yeah. I'm in hell. Yeah. You're on your own. Because I brought this, this guy up here, and now, you know, Anthony's girlfriend is screaming at him. I know she's going to be mad at me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and poor guy, his name's Jeremy, and he they chased him out of the through the elevator. I said, Jeremy, I'll just see you later. I just waved at him. Oh, I said, God. I had no idea what was going on. I wonder what their history was. Apparently, he had a website that um, used their name, oh, okay. like opianthony.net, I think, okay. was what it was. And there were aspects of that. You know, those websites, they always turn negative. The Howard Stern, Stern Fan Network is just all Howard sucks, Howard sucks, Howard sucks. And if I remember correctly, opianthony.net kind of turned negative. Okay. And he was the guy that owned the thing. So, you know, of course, he got painted with that same brush. Mm. And I think I think that's what it was, because I do remember maybe six months before that, Anthony uh, talking about, hey, I'm going to sue this guy because he's using my name uh, on his on his website. And they're just not doing nothing but talking trash about us. Wow. And I didn't I guess I probably should have put two and two together. But I kind of had other things on my mind yeah. was I was going. Nervous, yeah. Uh, yeah nervous. Nerves. Yep. I, I didn't eat before we went, even though we went to Nobu, which is right down the street from the studio at the time, because I knew I was just going to puke. Yep, yep, That's how nervous yep. I was. Yeah, I was petrified. That's cool. But anyway. That's cool. That's a good yeah. story. And there we are. That's a good story. <laughs> so Long, anyway, many years later. That's right. 
many, many. And then we went to Smith Bar that night and watched uh, Eastside Dave singing. Um, uh, oh, what's Rosalita with four other people? Where they turned a, a, a chair upside down, and each one of them was grabbing a leg and singing into it like it was a microphone. Lovely. The old Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> yeah, the Bruce Springsteen. Yep, that's cool. And then uh, uh, I think, well, there was a guy, there was a uh, John Stewart impersonator there that night, too. But anyway. Cool. And, and Tacey and I saw Smith Bar in some TV show recently. But anyway. All right. Uh, there you go. That's all I've got. So thank you, Pat Duffy, for bringing back that memory. Good stuff. Uh, do we want to talk about Omicron? I don't really want to talk about it. It's just, it's going ham. But here's the thing. We're seeing the death rate continue to decline while cases are going ham, as I said earlier. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we are not seeing that it, uh, an uptick in hospitalizations commensurate with the uptick in cases. So I've said for some time we need to stop talking about friggin' cases and only look at hospitalizations and deaths. Yes. Cases don't matter. No. We do not track cases of the common cold. No. We don't track cases of uh, seasonal gastroenteritis viruses. So we should no longer be tracking cases of this virus. I agree. Because you know all that all that tracking does. Because it scares the it shit scares out shit of people, people. Yep. and then and it drives policy. Right on. Yeah. No, I agree. And now kids can't go to school again and all this stuff and it's it's just it's horseshit. Stop looking at cases yep. just by themselves. You want to look at the percentage of cases that end up in hospitalizations right. and then the absolute numbers because the absolute numbers matter in the sense that uh, if you have a hospital that's got 300 beds and they've got 400 hosp- attempted hospitalizations, that's a problem. So those are the absolute numbers. Mm-hmm. But the relative numbers matter too. Yep. So if you have 1,000 cases of something and 10% of those end up in the hospital, you'll have 100 hospitalizations. Mm-hmm. But if you have 100,000 with 1%, you're still going to have 100 cases. Mm-hmm. But now if you have 200,000, you're going to have 200 cases. So the cases are going up, but that's because you've got so many more. I'm sorry, the hospitalizations are going up, but that's because you have so many more cases. More infections, right. Yeah. But with a with a smaller percentage of people ending up in the hospital, one mm-hmm. percent versus ten percent. So we uh, and I'm just making those numbers up. That's not have anything to do with with this uh, with the numbers of Omicron. But uh, so uh, hospitalizations and deaths. That's what we need to be looking at. Mm-hmm. Go to covid.stoutlabs.com and you can see it. Mm-hmm. You can do it for your own state. You can do it for your own country if you're not from the United States. And uh, there you go. State specific. Yeah. Yeah. That's we have cool. a, a person from Norway that's listening to our Patreon feed. Wow, cool. That's kind of cool. That is cool. And uh, we do have people from just about every country that listens to the podcast, including uh, one or two that have been flagged as being from North Korea, which is cool. Welcome to our North Korean friends, yeah, I guess. Yeah, sure. Um, wasn't aware that that was a, a, a even a possibility. I yeah, yeah. We, we, I bet over the it's, we're underground. Right I just wait. There. Well, maybe. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, all right. Uh, did you have any um, things to say about anything? I had an, well. I had one interesting um, topic with two okay. two 
interesting articles. Okay, um, we got a lot of phone calls, yeah. so make it, yeah. I'll make it quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was no, just, I'm not, you know. Yeah, it was just, uh, I, I, for whatever reason, dementia was the thing. And um, two things real quick. This common surgery lowers dementia risk substantially. What? Northwestern, a surgery? A surgery, yeah. Northwestern University found this. What um, surgery is it? New University, uh, University of Washington found this. Um, it was, so that was it. I, I was intrigued. I thought, what kind of surgery could lower your risk of dementia? But it's cataract surgery, interestingly. Um, so it has to do with visual stimuli? Evidently, yeah. So That's j- interesting. But that just kind of goes to show you that, that it is it is vital with dementia to well, keep Well, you can't separate no. the mind from the body no. in any way. No. I just uh, sent a guy a thing about narrow band uv light for depression mm-hmm. that there's some efficacy with that yeah wow that's pretty cool yeah and the, and the only other part of that the so what was the was what was the correlation it's probably a correlation there's no visual, causation yet yeah, no no causation at all but what all they showed what the was percentages the, though, I'm the, the uh the, let's say the findings were uh people who had the cataract surgery had Lowered their risk of developing Alzheimer's disease. By how much? I'm looking for numbers. God damn. Hey, now, easy now. I am too smart. I am too smart. (laughs) I am too smart. Go ahead. Uh, (laughs) Hey, it's my first one of the year. I'm I'm just, I'm I'm trying to shake the cobwebs off. (laughs) Okay. We missed a week. Let's see. 65 years of age, uh, 3,038 adults over 65 with cataracts or glaucomas. 853 developed dementia. Okay, so um, you're going to make me do the math? Mm-hmm. Well, 300. Come on, there's got to be a risk ratio or yeah, something. I there. haven't got that far down. Oh, <laughs> Hey, let me give you my other one. Hang on now. Did it say it was statistically significant? It's statistically significant, yes. Okay. That's all you need to know. Good God. I'll find a number. If this were the podcast uh, proper, I would say that we could do the calculation on the fly. Yeah. Oh, here we go. You found it? It's getting close. 30% still uh, 30% less risk of having um, um, dementia. So there was a 30% decline in, de- in dementia risk in yep. people that had cataract That's surgery. That's correct, yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah, they, yeah, 30, yeah, I'm sorry, Dr. Steve. Yeah. Okay. And, and they're saying, they're saying that, that, that is significant. Now, the so. absolute numbers would be interesting to know because then we could calculate the number needed to treat. So if you'll forward me that study, maybe sure. we'll do it next week and we'll walk people through the math. It sounds like it'd be dry, but it won't be. Because we can calculate how many cataracts you have to remove to prevent one case of dementia Mm -hmm. using their numbers, which would be kind of a, I think that would be very interesting. So if you'll forward that to me, we'll do it next time. You know, the way they they do the surgeries now, it's just so incredible. The way they used to do cataract surgeries versus My dad had cataract surgery when he was 80-something. He said it was the best thing he ever did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My grandfather had it. It was old school. I mean, this was back... Yeah. You know, 25, 30 years ago where they actually cut with a knife. Oh, yeah. Felt, you know, it was pretty cool. But the, the only other thing I found was just this one risk factor for that, that also increases dementia is uh, blood pressure in your middle age. So making sure that you have keep your blood pressure under risk. And I thought, you know, starting off the New Year's. So if you some, treat it, yeah, that's good? That's good. That's well, great. that makes yep. sense. Yep. So keeping your blood pressure down takes the stress off your, you know, off your vascular system and, and helps your mm. brain help brain health so okay um so there you go all right yeah i've done my work all right guys, they call hypertension the silent killer for a reason yeah you never feel like you have symptoms unless it's so high that you're really in trouble but uh people with moderately elevated hypertension 
or blood moderately elevated blood pressure or mild to moderate hypertension never have a clue that they have it but it still increases their risk of heart attack stroke and apparently according to that study dementia as well which makes sense all right yep sounds Thanks, good buddy. number one thing don't take advice from some asshole on the radio all right let's take some phone calls here today's episode is brought to you by angie angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well let me tell you there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you you watch them do it the right way and you go thank god i didn't try to do that myself i have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. I was just thinking if the incubation period for COVID is 10 days, Okay, let's say it is. It's, if the whole world isolated one person from another for 10 days, would it kill this virus and just be done? <laughs> yes. We've talked about this, but it's not really 10 days. But the concept is correct. So if, if we did it today, there are people that are just developing COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And they will start getting, you know, if they just got ex- ex- exposed today, They'll start to get sick within five to 11 days, and then they might be sick for another 10 days. So let's say Omicron, no one goes to the hospital because that's that's the problem in this is you get the people that are in the hospital for 60 days. But let's just say it's, uh, so that's, what, what did that, would we come up to? Five to, let's say they go 11 days, so it'd be 21 days. If you put everyone in a bubble, like a plastic bubble so that there was no way that they could come in contact with any other person on earth now you'd have to do it with every single person on earth right. absolutely this thing could have been over uh, 21 days into it mm-hmm. but we can't do that that's the problem but yes absolutely that would work that that presumes that there are no asymptomatic carriers that carry it beyond the period where we're released from the bubbles. <laughs> right. You know? And uh, it just takes one. The people, right. It just takes one <laughs> and get me. it started all up again because it just yep. took one person to start this thing in the first place. Yep. Assuming, you know, <laughs> it was done uh-huh. naturally. But anyway. uh-huh. All right. Uh, that great question though and that's brilliant and yes that would work it's it it is impractical to the point of being impossible mm-hmm. all right 
Hey, Dr. Steve, it's your friendly respiratory therapist from Boston. Hello, friendly um, respiratory therapist. I'm listening therapist. to your show now about the caterpillar becoming the butterfly. Oh, okay. This was Tacey. This was last week. Both Tacey and I were both sick last week, so we kicked Dr. Scott and everybody else out. We did one together. And we were talking about how bummed we are that our kid is... Um, you know about to fly the coop well he has flown the coop. <laughs> yes he has now he comes back yes he does but he, he ain't ours anymore you know <laughs> and hungry. we were bummed about it <laughs> right and, but but you don't want you don't want a 22 year old kid sleeping in your bed between the two of you going mommy mommy either you know you don't want no. that no. so you have to this is what you have to do yeah. but at some point you have they have to leave and then cleave to somebody else mm-hmm. you know and uh, anyway, so yeah, we, that's what we were and talking about. And spreading their wings. Uh-oh. Oh, we lost her there. This, this year with my son, whom I'm very, very close with, going off to college two states away. Ugh. I relate it to a, a hmm. word, set of words. I can't even think of it, but it's called <laughs> ambiguous grief. Yeah. A woman named Paula Boss or Pamela Boss wrote a book about it, Ambiguous Grief. That's the phrase that I use to describe what I went through when my son left for college. Love listening to your show. Have a great day. Okay. Hey, thanks. Thank you so much. And um, I heard her driving and trying to fiddle with her phone. So please just pull over and stop. It's okay. There's <laughs> nothing we're doing is that important. But, but thanks for calling that. Uh, I call it an anticipatory grief in the sense that we were anticipating him leaving for good, you know, but I'm looking at ambiguous loss. It's a loss that occurs without a significant likelihood of reaching emotional closure or a clear understanding. This kind of loss leaves a person searching for answers and thus complicates and delays the process of grieving. I don't know. I mean, I I guess, yeah, I mean, we'll never get emotional closure in the sense that he'll always be around. Both of our kids will always be around. And so there will never be any closure to the fact that they're leaving. But, um, yeah, that's... Oh, okay. And then ambiguous grief is grieving someone who is still alive. Okay, let me see. This is a different approach to it. So, um, let's see. Yeah, this is fascinating. I'm pulling a Dr. Scott here. Hey! Ambiguous grief feelings may be sadness and yearning, anger and guilt, or a range of other emotions can become more complicated than the grief that comes after a death when the behaviors and words of the new person causes us to question our old memories. Or worse, they can start to consume our brains as those old memories begin to fade. Okay, another complication of ambiguous grief is many people don't recognize it as grief. Yeah, it's um, so there are some tips. I I remember when I left my ex-wife's house. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Sorry, that's right. No, no, no. That's uh, 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 like been there, done it. I've been told Tacy I've been married to her longer than I ever been married to anybody. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I uh, I cried when I left, even though I I couldn't stand her. I mean, she had put me through so much shit and stolen so much money from me and got me in so much trouble 
from the IRS while she was funding her boyfriend's trip from California to here and all this kind of stuff that I was, should have been just madder in hell, but I was grieving the relationship that could should have been. I'm sure that's what that was. Hmm. But I did cry when I left, yeah. although I didn't last very long. I was got to my new house. I was like, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be strutting my stuff. <laughs> I didn't get to strut my stuff, I love though, it. because... Then Tacey came along pretty quickly, and that was the end of that. Yep. I, I figured I'd be dating, running around, and acting crazy, and nope. She hooked you pretty quickly. Very quickly. Well, I I got hooked. I was gladly hooked. Uh, old Tacey was something. She was she was like somebody I'd never been with before. But anyway, uh, so if, if you have ambiguous grief, here are some tips. Remember that the present doesn't override the past. This could be easier said than done, but uh, the person your loved one is now doesn't change the way they were. So when it's with kids, you know, they're, they're babies and they were dependent on you and now they aren't anymore. And But that's a good thing. And um, understand that the change isn't the person. So, you know, they're just changing. And acknowledge the grief and the pain of the loss and be open to a new type of relationship with that person. And then connect with others who can relate. And that's our respiratory therapist from Boston. She's my new uh, anticipatory and ambiguous grief partner. So there you go. All right. So listen, if you have kids that are fleeing the coop and you're facing an empty nest, it's a good thing. Okay. So I tell, well, I can't tell that story, but about Tacey, but you know, we have more time together, just the two of us now. Yes. Are we taking advantage of that? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. We could be. The thought. That's why you and I are going to Vegas and, and uh, just, you know, on a business trip, That's if right. you know what I mean. Thoughts can Because we're going to be doing some business. Business. All right. All right. Here we go. Hi, Dr. Steve. This is Dane. Uh, hey, Dane. I love the podcast. Hey, thanks, man. So here's something I've been wondering about for a long time. Okay. My depression goes away while I'm sick. Yep. Even though I'm coughing and haven't really nose, I feel great and things are fun. It's like my anhedonia goes away. Well, that's a great word. Okay, anhedonia meaning lack of taking pleasure in things. So you know what hedonism is. And then you take the Greek A or an mm-hmm. and put it in front of that. It's the opposite of that. Yep. So anhedonia is uh, the opposite of happiness or the opposite of taking pleasure in things. I've been diagnosed with depression and have taken SSRIs in the past, but they haven't improved my mood like this does. I am not taking any medications. Okay. No depression pills or anything like that or anything else. Okay. So what's going on there? And based on what it could be, could it tell me something about how I could improve my mood aside from getting sick again? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I'm sure you could imagine the kind of nightmare you, you live where it's like, oh, Oh, I feel great now, but oh no, when it's over. Yeah. yeah, so I I did some research on this one because that one kind of blew my mind. And I wondered if he was an outlier. And all of the studies that you see on, because when he's sick, what, what do you have? You have cytokines are released. Right on. Right? interleukin-6, other interleukins, other interferons and stuff like that. So I figured that had to be the common denominator. And um, I, everything that you find shows that those things increase depression. 
and that people who get sick, particularly those with HIV or with uh, COVID, exhibit symptoms of depression, not getting better or not improvement in mood. But I had a revelation because I found a study in biological psychiatry called Induction of Cytokine Synthesis and Fever Suppresses REM Sleep and Improves Mood in Patients with Major Depression. Give yourself a bill! So if you already have major depression, then getting sick and having the cytokine synthesis that's accompanied by fever actually improves the, uh, their mood. So this guy is not full of beans, right. nor is he an outlier. This is a known effect. But you already have to be majorly depressed right. for, to get this uh, event. If you're not uh, if your mood is otherwise normal, then those things will tend to cause symptoms of depression. In both cases, it's transitory. Mm-hmm. So it says here, wow. um, That's incredible. during the night following endotoxin. And, so what they did was they took people and just gave them these uh, endotoxins, right? And then generated a cytokine, a mini cytokine storm. And they said rapid eye movement sleep was significantly suppressed, which you would think would be bad, but changes in slow wave sleep were not significant. During the next day, all patients were in a significantly improved mood. And a rebound REM sleep was observed on the second night after this administration, and the mood worsened again during the next days, indicating a transient beneficial effect of the treatment. Now, could they use this in the future and try to come up with a treatment for depression that would be rapid of onset? I mean, if you take an SSRI, serotonin, uh, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, like uh, fluvoxamine or uh, fluoxetine or sertraline or some of the other ones, Mm -hmm. you will have to wait 8 to 12 weeks. Right. This works overnight. Right. That's awesome. You know what else works overnight for depression? Ketamine? Ah. Give yourself a BL. I was trying to stop. That was a trick question. Nope. (laughs) No, ketamine. Ketamine, yeah. Ketamine. And uh, I just put a study on my Twitter feed that it was the largest study of psilocybin that showed improvement in depression. And I, I have friends, I have a friend particularly, who uh, microdoses herself for, and she's self-treating, she's self-medicating for depression. Don't I don't I can't recommend that. No, but but she sees a huge effect, and it's being borne out in the science. So yeah. I think uh, going forward, low dose psychedelics mm-hmm. the, at doses that probably won't cause you to see weird shapes in the trees. Mm-hmm. Not or, that I'm speaking from any personal experience or, or anything. Or maybe see rockets shooting out of people's eyes at you and stuff like that. Oh, really? Is that personal experience as well? Colors, <laughs> colors, colors. Yeah. Colors everywhere. Yep, yep. You probably won't see those things. Yep, yep. But uh, geometric shapes in the trees, where the trees become <laughs> perfect <or> geometric <laughs> platonic shapes. Yeah, they probably won't see that. <laughs> Not oh. that I'm speaking from personal experience. Yeah, sure. But uh, you won't have that, but you will have the beneficial effect because you don't have to trip balls hmm. to get the beneficial effects from things like psilocybin. Now, 
absolutely we're not recommending that people take street psilocybin for this because again i have issues with the street drug supply high high levels of reservation about the street drug supply yes and i use i haven't used this analogy in a long time so i think it's worth using it again I can't 100% trust my own pharmacist to give me the drug. Now, look, Mm -hmm. for the pharmacists out there, God bless you. You guys, men and women, do an amazing job at keeping our drug supply safe. But it goes from the manufacturer through a distributor and all the way through there's a chain of ownership and you have to sign for all this stuff and then you got to count it out. And even then, every pharmacist will tell you every once in a while, someone gets the wrong thing. It's rare, but it happens. And I'll guarantee you, every pharmacist has done that at some point. Where they've given somebody, back in the day, there was Losec that was uh, omeprazole. It was its original name was Losec, and they got a Lasix instead. Well, they'll blame it on the doctor's shitty handwriting. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Lasix comes in 20 milligram, and so did Losec come in 20 milligram, you know, capsules. So that was a rough one. That's why it's now called Prilosec. They had to change the name Ah, because of that. Okay, that's interesting. So, uh, but... Uh, every every pharmacist has made a mistake. Every doctor's made a mistake. Everybody makes mistakes. Of course. If I can't 100% trust my own pharmacist, even though it's 99.999% by it's not 100%, why would I trust somebody that's just handing me something in a little baggie that the God knows where it came from, how it was harvested? I'm even nervous about mushrooms because there are mushrooms out there. If you don't know how to pick the right kind of mushrooms you can pick mushrooms that will kill you mm-hmm. so i'm nervous about that how, how why am i trusting these people yep. so uh yeah so i'm not a fan of street drugs in that in that regard um because i'm not a hundred percent fan of pharmaceuticals yeah. Yeah. and they're a shitload safer oh, yeah. Yeah. so um i think that going forward i want to see I, I believe we are going to see pharmaceutical-grade psilocybin, or what will really happen is is some manufacturer will take psilocybin molecule and change it, put a methyl group here, and get a little bit of extra uh, potency out of it, and then they can patent it and sell it for billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. That's what's really going to happen. We won't be getting uh, extracted psilocybin. Mm-hmm. Do you think it will have the same issues with with some of the prescribers that, that Marinol has. In what in what regard? I don't know I, anybody that has problems prescribing Marinol. Marinol, by the way, for people yeah. who don't know, is synthesized THC. Right, yeah. So it's not marijuana, mm-hmm. but it is tetrahydrocannabinol, and it's Delta-9, mm-hmm. and it is synthesized in a laboratory, which allows the FDA to then um, approve it as a drug. But yeah. go ahead. No, what, I, what issues are you seeing? I'm not seeing any. And it's not recent, but... Years past, uh, you know, a lot of, not a lot. I I, I know of, of some folks that had trouble prescribing it. They just weren't comfortable prescribing because it's oh, a THC. Oh, for God! Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I and kiss my ass. And that's even with me re- suggesting to certain people that they. You know, it has to go be ask for prescribed that. for the right indication. That's, no, I know, I know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. But um, 
No, yeah. that's ridiculous. So I just wonder if that'll happen. If 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 so, yeah, yeah. sure. Well, and it'll uh, probably. You know, but but my guess is it would be they'll probably let psychiatrists do it. Well, so right now to do ketamine, you mm-hmm. have to go through a risk evaluation and management system. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're called REMS, and you got to take a class. I th- I believe this is correct. And the pharmacy that dispenses it has to do the same and so it's a lot of it's a lot of rigmarole and the ketamine is like 1400 bucks a dose or something like that now here's the the dirty little secret i can prescribe a ketamine suppository for somebody with rectal cancer Mm -hmm. and it's five bucks Mm -hmm. so the ketamine ain't the thing it's Mm -hmm. the research that they went into getting the fda approval Mm -hmm. that costs all the money plus hey you know there may be some profiteering there going on there now. Yes. I don't know. I don't know anything about the company that's producing it, nor right. do I know anything about their workflow or anything. But that is a lot of money lot for of something money. that we've been using uh, in compounding pharmacies for things for years, and it's very inexpensive. Yeah. So, wow. Anyway. wow, 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 wow. I mean, we want to to support medical research i don't want the government yeah. to take it over yeah. because there will be no innovation exactly there will be no innovation and dr scott's a damn old hippie oh yeah and even even he agrees <laughs> that innovation is a good thing has to even though to. he practices a form of medicine that's four thousand years old but yeah. but, but even in there there's been innovations as time has gone by yeah, yeah, yeah of course a little bit yeah which be. you have to be or, or it's not going to succeed right you know, if you want a business that's going to fail miserably get one that does not is not flexible yeah yeah and um so yeah well that's cool or one that i don't know doesn't buy beer for a beer <laughs> store Cool. Oh, <laughs> you strike two for old buddy Doctor Scott. That's all right. I'm just messing with you. Lord. All right, but that's very interesting. Depression resolves. This guy's that's depression resolves with colds, and it is well described in the medical literature. So no, wow. that was that was from 1995. I would like to see them uh, explore that a little bit more. I think you know we said the cancer is going to be immunological. I mean, it's going to be all immunology in the future because mm-hmm. it is a problem of of immunological mm-hmm. immune uh, system recognizing, right. right? The immune system recognizing the cancer is foreign. And maybe depression will become immunological in the future too, at least the treatment for it. Yeah. I think and it's getting close too. I think you know That's interesting. Yeah. Because we don't know, hell, we don't know anything about the brain. We know, oh, there's serotonin in there. And when we sample brains in people who are depressed, there's decreased serotonin. So let's just give them a drug that just puts buckets of serotonin (laughs) in there. And it does work. But we want something more precise. Right. Yes. It is just, I can't think of a good analogy, but it's just basically you are um, putting out a little little fire with uh you know with a fire hose mm-hmm. you know, you're putting out a match with a fire hose it's imprecise mm-hmm. that's the best way not that depression is metaphorically a little match i mean it's a huge oh, sure of course huge problem and and uh, i remember getting in an argument with one of tacy's friends who doesn't like me anymore because of this argument and they were just saying well tacy's on you know, on antidepressants she should just get off of them it's like why are you saying this to her 
you know, where's what, did the medical school you went to? And I wasn't prescribing them for, mm. you know, but it mm. was like, and they're like, well, it's not like depression is terminal or anything. It's like, oh, you never heard of Shit. suicidal depression? You know, like, you never heard of people. Kind of, it's like, you guys need to stop practicing medicine without a license. And one of her friends just never spoke a civil word to me again after that. And I mean, there was like three of them saying this all at the same time. I don't know how it came up. I just came up in the middle of this thing, and poor Tacey was just sitting there trying to defend herself. Yeah, getting beat up. Yep. Treading water. Yep. Treading water. But anyway. She's I'll, a good. Yeah, she's a good, and I'll tell you that. <laughs> all right. Um, let's see. How about this one? Oh, no. Wait a minute. I'll come back to this one. Let's do this one from your old buddy, Tracy. Tracy. Hi, Dr. Steve. I hope you and Scott are doing well. Okay, we can we can say his name at this point. He's done his penance. Hey, it's, Tracy. We're doing great, it's man. It's Stacy Deloach. <laughs> and uh, he went so far as to bring Tacy a bunch of chocolate and stuff and some uh, pe- habanero peanut brittle. I didn't get any of that. Well, no, there's some down there well, for you. I was going to say, wait a minute. If you'll uh, <laughs> quit being mad at him. Miss you, Tacy. <laughs> Got a simple question for you. Sometimes the simple ones are the hardest ones. What is a lymph node? Because I keep getting told by my internists every once in a while that the lymph nodes in my neck are swollen. What? What is that? Uh, okay. So persistent... <laughs> well, something... dude, dude, call me. <laughs> we need to look at. That's not good. Oh, no, not. So lymph nodes are these small sort of bean-shaped things that are uh, part of your body's immune system, and they filter substances that travel through the lymphatic fluid, and they contain white blood cells that help the body and fight infection disease. And actually, your spleen is basically a giant lymph, lymph node. node. And uh, But there are these chains of lymph nodes, and the most commonly noticed ones by people are the chain in the front of their neck on either side of their... Uh, yeah. Oh, God, did you hear that? Did you yep. hear that crack? Yep. Oh, that's my high thyroid bone. Yeah, so you break your highway bone. <laughs> um, well, it, it, it definitely moved Adjusted. around. Adjusted. <laughs> God, that was stupid. Snap. Anyway, I'm moving my, my trachea around, but it's on either side of the voice box. And that's your anterior cervical chain. And that'll drain things like dental abscesses. And uh, if you get um, strep throat, it'll drain that way because everything kind of drains to the center. Yes. So the upper stuff will drain down, lower stuff will drain up. And uh, so these lymph nodes are found in the neck, under your arms, in the chest, in the abdomen, and in the grinds. Grinds. Grinal area, the juncal area. And there's about 20 to 40 lymph nodes in the armpit, actually. Mm -hmm. And they can get swollen uh, from shaving or, you know, and those are the things. Deodorants can clog them up sometimes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Scientifically proven. (laughs) Okay, anyway. And um, these things can also be called lymph glands. And so when your glands are swollen, and not to be confused with the glands penis. Then uh, and that's what lymph nodes are. And when they get infected, they get swollen. Uh, your uh, tonsils are sort of like lymph tissue as well. And uh, there you go. They're so like anyway. little trash cans. Yeah, they like little trash shit. cans. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, there you go. Um, do you want to? We've got one from the chat room. Mm-hmm. Why don't we answer that one? Sounds good. So it's talking about if 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 you have a nickel allergy. 
and you have a surgery yep. that they put something inside you that has a nickel in it, can can it cause problems? And that's the... Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, let's yeah. talk about nickel a- or metal yeah. allergy metal, for sure. Yeah, metal particular. Yep. Uh, the first time we answered this question about nickel allergy was on October 13th, 2007. It was our very first show. And Daniel J. Ross was our executive producer of the Saturday Night Virus at the time. And he said, I've got a question for you. And he showed me this patch of skin that was red and raised and itchy and uh, what we call squamous, meaning it's just flaky. Right. And he said, what the hell is this? I can't get rid of it. And I said, let me see your jeans. And in fact, he had a jeans with a stud on it that held them together. Yeah. And that was right where that was. And so he had a nickel allergy. Okay. And those studs, that's classic. Yeah, makes sense. And so I said, just uh, put adhesive tape or a Band-Aid or use nail polish and paint over that stud, and it'll go away. And indeed, that's exactly what happened. So he had contact dermatitis. He had contact nickel allergy gotcha. dermatitis. And it tends gotcha. to be an allergic contact dermatitis. And it's often nickel in jewelry, but doesn't have to be. And it's, uh, it's a common problem. It's almost always due to the nickel component in jewelry. Some people will have this problem because they'll get their ears pierced. And then it, if they're using a composite stud rather than a pure gold stud, uh, then they'll have this problem. So uh, I highly recommend that if people are, have issues with metal allergies if you're going to wear earrings make sure they are pure silver or pure gold mm-hmm. they got to be the they got to be the real deal yeah sterling is okay yep but it's got to be uh, uh pure gold and the nickel is used in costume jewelry makes a shiny finish finish a real smooth surface but zippers snap eyelash curlers belt buckles belt buckles are a big one will contain yeah. nickel because they have well, and and that's part of the reason why they use them in, in a lot of orthopedic surgeries is because of the strength of that metal. Yeah, because the nickel's pretty strong. Well, I don't. Are they, do they use nickel in um they, in? I don't think they do. They, they do, use they, titanium. No, they they do they do and it, not a <clears throat> not all not all of them. There's a lot of those hmm. where they have. If you have a nickel allergy, now they can use a pure titanium. Okay, but they do have they. And some of the surgeons still do use some that have nickel in them. Really? Yeah, I've seen them. <clears throat> I've seen them in well a couple different joints. Well, that, then that would answer this person's question. Yeah. Okay, is there nickel in surgical implants? Yeah. Let me see. I'm, I believe you. But. Yeah, yeah, I believe Okay, orthopedic implants are composed of nickel, cobalt, chromium, molybdenum, zirconium, and or titanium alloys. Oh, there you go. Oops. Oh, I was trying to give you a bell, Dr. Scott. Hey, I get Hang a on, bell. I'll give you one. Give yourself a bell. I was not aware of that. So let's talk about, here's an article, medical metal hypersensitivity reactions to orthopedic implants. Because this person was asking what happens if they have a metal allergy and you implant something. Right. Well, here you go. Yeah. So it says here, um, let me let me look at the symptoms. Skin reactions include dermatitis adjacent to and regionally adjacent to the implant site, yes. generalized dermatitis, yes. in other words, it's everywhere, as well as redness and generalized urticaria. Okay, so I'm going to read the medical word, and then I'll translate it into English. It says, as well as erythema, that's redness, generalized urticaria, that's hives, mm-hmm. but cutaneous vasculitis. That's a big deal. So that is um, 
uh, inflammation of the blood vessels of the skin. And vasculitis is not a thing to be effed around with because it can cause blood clots. Or if you have vasculitis in the brain, it can cause um, what we call encephalopathy um, or cerebral vasculitis. And encephalopathy basically just altered consciousness all the way to coma. So uh, reactions occur following implantation of static implants as well as dynamic prostheses. So static implant would be something that's just there all the time. A dynamic prosthetic would be something that moves, basically, Mm -hmm. like a hip. Yep. Uh, Other adverse reactions, including device failure, chronic inflammation, pain, loosening of the joint, prostheses, or restenosis of cardiac stent. So if they use a cardiac stent that has this stuff in there, all the inflammation will just build up around there. And then, yeah, and then you'll have uh, uh, fibrous tissue and scarring and that kind of stuff that um, mm-hmm. that, that builds up around that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, and that's then, crazy. And so, but pure titanium isn't, doesn't protect you from it no. necessarily. It says cases of allergy to large surgical implants have been reported. However, a few studies have reported allergy to small titanium complaining implants, containing implants. And they, this is a single case, reported the case of a 51-year-old male who underwent anterior cervical discectomy. Oh, that's oh, what they wanted. ACDF. Oh, so this is, yeah. okay, so what they're doing is they're, they're, they go in through the neck from the front, and mm-hmm. they move your, your windpipe out of the way and all this stuff, and then they go in so that they can get access to your spinal column without having to go through all that knobby shit in the back. Mm-hmm. And then, so they go in and they take out the disc and then they fuse it using this thing called a zero P device. And this person exhibited allergic symptoms one month after the surgery. And they included intermittent tingling and itching in the throat induced by speaking. And then they got systemic rashes. Okay, so that's all over everywhere. All over the skin surface and congestion of the eyeball. And then they had difficulty swallowing. It says dysphagia here, but that's what that means. Mm-hmm. Anti-allergic treatment did not resolve the symptoms patch tests revealed negative reactions to uh the arrested agents including titanium but radiographic results showed solid bone fusion no signs of chronic inflammation uh but on the patient's request we removed the titanium screws and plate and no allergic reactions were observed after the surgery at six six month follow-up so the patient was right all of their stupid tests were wrong Mm -hmm. And I'm just... Uh, Isn't that just, something? Let's just say that I, I may or may not have, have uh, witnessed that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's why that's why I know a little bit about it. It's so crazy. we'll give Dr. Scott another give one Give yourself these. a bill! We'll give one to the person that asked the give question. Give yourself a bill! And uh, another one of these for Dr. Scott. Hey, Mr. Smart. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> At least I didn't have to pronounce anything. No, <laughs> you did good. That was a good one. I learned something from that. Yeah, and I like to learn stuff. I, You know... My wife's like, you always want to be right. And it's like, no, I want to be proved wrong. Because anytime that you prove me wrong on something, I'm learning something. And I love learning stuff. So I'm not like that. I, um, I don't like um, people being stupid. That's <laughs> 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 not the same thing. It's not the same it's thing. It's not. No, it's not. It's really not. Well, we can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Teff, that Gould girl, Lewis Johnson, Paul Ofcharski, Shouty 1008, Eric Nagel, the Port Charlotte Horror, the Saratoga Skank, the Florida Floozy, and Roland Campos, sister of Chris, Sam Roberts, she who owns pigs and snakes, 
Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Matt Kleinschmidt, Dale Dudley, Holly from the Gulf, Christopher Watkins, Double Steve Tucci, the great Rob Bartlett, Vicks Nether Fluids, Cardiff Electric, Casey's Wet T-Shirt. Oh, by the way, Cardiff Electric was on uh, Kermit and Friends recently and said that his studio got uh, uh, destroyed uh, with a hammer and fortunately did not affect our studio, so that's good. So I we have to pray for the peace of uh, podcasting with our friend uh, uh, Cardiff Electric and hope that he's okay and that he gets his studio going back again. Casey's wet t-shirt, Carl's deviated septum, the inimitable Vincent Paulino, everybody. Uh, Eric Zane, Bernie and Sid, Martha from Arkansas's daughter, Ron Bennington, of course, our dear departed friend, Fez Watley and our other dear departed friend, Chivag and Buried the Blade, all of whose support of this show never went unappreciated. Listen to our Sirius XM show on the Faction Talk channel. Sirius XM channel 103, Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, on demand. But the best way to do it is listen on demand. Please listen on demand and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. If you think about it, you'll know why I say that. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules, podcasts, and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking. Get off your asses. Get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Thank you, Dr. Scott. Thanks, guys. He surely are again. (laughs) Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. (laughs) I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.